Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Mason Dixon, joined once again by Corey the Bayou Benders, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. guys we are back after a long hiatus um but we're back with a with a vengeance i would say we've got a pretty cool episode for you guys today had a great talk with a really interesting guest and i know i really enjoyed the conversation but before we get to that Corey, how have you been my friend well i put off cutting the grass and i am very upset with myself uh because <laughs> i should have just did it yeah um so yeah, that's where I'm at. It's late. I'm old. I'm tired. <laughs> and uh that's what it's like being 31, Mason. Um now dude, what's up? Not too much. Um, as I mentioned, Corey and I actually did record earlier today. Um, then we took a little bit of a break. <laughs> I went to uh went out with the girlfriend for a bit and then and went and played played some soccer, came home, had a shower, and then the plan was to record right away, but <laughs> Corey and I have been talking about fucking, I don't even know what, for the last half an hour, so, no, things are going well, though, things are going pretty well. <laughs> we, we, we lose all, um, every episode, we lose every bit of uh, audio footage we could use, um, when we ask each other, how was our day? And we just spent the past 30 minutes speaking about it before we start. So we're always just like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I know. We always, we always start of <laughs> instead of starting when we should, we just, we just keep that in at all times, but always talk about it before, before we record. Yeah, I know. It's, it, <laughs> it's almost like a bad habit that we need to, <laughs> but no, things have been good. Um, lots to talk about with the Habs, so let's just jump right into it. Um, oh yeah, you know, we a lot of the stuff. There was a big trade. Um, you want me to just sure. read it off real quick? Yeah, just read it off for him. <laughs> oh shit, that's so funny. So, uh, there was a three-way trade, obviously. For uh, Eric Carlson, I'm just going to read the uh, the Pittsburgh Canadian side of it because everyone knows this already, but let's just get it in there. <laughs> so uh, we sent Mike Hoffman and Rem Pitlick uh, in the exchange. We got back 
Jeff Petrie, Casey DeSmith, Nathan Lagar, I'm going to say, and a second-round pick in 2025. Um, how do you feel about that? <laughs> that was a fucking great pickup. And then we flipped Jeff Petrie for Got it um, right here. Gustav Lindstrom and a fifth-round pick. We retained some of his salary. Look, at the end of the day, Habs gained a net salary positive. Mm-hmm. Got rid of Mike Hoffman, which was huge. Yep. How often did I know I myself talked about it a lot? We needed to get rid of Hoffman, and we gave Pitlick another chance to. We should we, you know, shot right. Petrie over to the Red Wings. He gets to play for a team that he has wanted to get to for a very long time. He's wearing his dad's Detroit Tigers number, number forty six oh. for the Detroit Red Wings. I think that's. That's sick. (laughs) And you know what? And he was alluded to it too. Players are going to take notice of that. And they're going to remember, look, we helped out Pitlick. We helped out Peachtree. We've done a lot. I can't, there's another trade recently. Um, It's slipping my mind right now, but the Habs have done well by their players. They're giving guys second chances. Did Donov, for example, um, Habs are doing right by the guys they, that are within their organization. I think that's important. But what's also important is that the Habs have cleared up. Not only have they cleared up space for, um, you know, guys in the top six, they've also cleared cap, like very precious cap space. Right. Which is just incredibly important. And, they also traded Joel Edmondson. Um, I don't know if we ever even talked about that one. Um, I think we did a month ago um, to the Capitals and received a third and a seventh. Like They're acquiring later round picks and freeing up space. Look, mm-hmm. that's not only is there open spots in the top, the top six and top nine now for young guys, there's open spots on defense, which was crucial. We needed guys to fill those spots. We've got some, you know, some, you know, I don't want to say uh, magic beans, but, you know, guys like Gustav uh, Lindstrom, who are NHL players. I don't know if Lindstrom's going to be much more than a depth defenseman, but you know what? He is young and, you know, time will tell. We'll see. It's still something, I think. At the end of the day, it comes down to the salary cap that we traded. And well, what's what's good about Gustav Lindstrom as well is that he's, um, I don't believe he's too old. He's got, he's got some time on him. And I I think is he waiver exempt? Uh, Let's look that up. Um, But anyway, uh, while I look that up, uh, I just think. you know, I don't know much about him, but I don't I don't really see it as an issue considering if he is of like a good age, then it's like okay, cool. We we got a young body that knows that is uh what do you call it, NHL ready or at least caliber. And it's someone to just fill in a spot in case Gustav we stop a- Lindstrom, he's twenty four, right? Oh, like he- oh hell yeah. But he I listen, I don't think he is all that to be honest. I, I don't think he's a great NHL player. 
Yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying shot. to like. He's a six foot two right shot defenseman that was drafted in the second round, mm-hmm. which means he automatically has a third, fourth, fifth, sixth opportunity in the, in the NHL. Right. I don't think he's going to. I don't know how to put that. I don't. He's not going to knock off any of our other young guys. He's just a player. No, he's to a be glue. A... He's just a guy to just get inserted. Now, I don't know if he is um, waiver exempt. I didn't see anything. I'm kind of quickly going through cap friendly here, um, trying to find just that, but I can't. It's kind of (laughs) difficult. I don't think he signed a two-way. Let's see. Oh, it's a... um, I think it's a two way. I either I think it is a two way contract is what I'm getting. Mm-hmm. Here. Is there a minor? Yes, there is a minor salary. So it is a two way contract. He can be sent down. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens at the end of the day. If he gets sent down and plays the AHL, I'm sure he's a very capable AHL defenseman. Besides the point, not the primary focus of the trade. The primary focus of this deal is the fact that the Habs now have some leeway in cap space, which, you know, having Petrie's contract for two years, not exactly what you want to stomach the most, but it's not that much. I think it's like 2.15 mil. Yeah. It's less. We've shed cap space. You've also, like I said, shed those roster spots. And now, the young guys that we've worked so hard to acquire the last few seasons mm-hmm. are going to have more opportunities for success. And let's face it, there was a log jam up front. These moves needed to be made. I didn't think that the Habs were going to be able to move Mike Hoffman. I think I didn't think the Habs were going to be able to move Joel Edmondson. And at the end of the day, they've done well to get rid of both those huge contracts that I think were a crutch to the organization and you look at the team now and I think we're, I've seen some people say this like three-way trade was sort of like pointless. I I don't, I think they're kind of brain dead to be honest with you. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know how you look at this deal and are not ecstatic because those were the two behemoth contracts that I really thought were holding this team back. Now, if you look at it, it's Josh Anderson, Joel Armia and, David Savard are really the only three terrible, terrible contracts I think this team has. And how I long has Galley got left? Galley's, I think Galley's is bad, but I just I don't, you know what I mean. I don't put it in that tier yet, hmm. because say what you want about, I don't think you should sign guys to huge contracts based on leadership but as much as gallagher needs to start producing i also think that he does there is at the end of the day he does provide something you all are me i don't think provides anything gallagher's i think it's like three years left if i'm not mistaken Corey. um i'll give it another year i don't know i just I have a little bit of faith in Galley. I don't know why. Maybe he shouldn't have the benefit of the doubt, but I'm going to give it to him. I think it's because maybe... he's that guy that 
literally dies in front of the fucking net every day for you. Yeah, and he hasn't played a lot of games the last two seasons, like mm-hmm. the last three seasons, really, right? I think the big thing for him is staying healthy. And last season, don't get me wrong, Gallagher didn't do enough, but it was like 14 points in 35 games or something. Like, it's not for 6.5 mil, it's not what you want, but it's not. He serves another purpose as well. Of, of it's Armia. not just. Armia is useless. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I just. I think the Habs, either regardless, I think the Habs are a lot closer to being in a safe salary cap environment than they were Gallagher's before. contract ends uh he's contracted through uh 2026 2027 season okay so he's on yeah. uh he'll be starting year three of a six-year contract okay so that's um yeah, three years left. Mm-hmm. Not terrible. Quick head math from Mason. I'm terrible at math. Oh, sorry. I didn't hear anything for a bit. Oh, you good? You said you were going to do some quick math. <laughs> oh, no. I said that was just some quick oh, math. Oh, oh, oh. I thought you said I'm going to do a little quick math. I was like, okay. Oh, no. Here Go I am. I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here like thinking <laughs> I cut out on the audio. <laughs> No, you're good. Um, so yeah, I uh, I have a a soft spot for Brendan Gallagher, uh, but it is, you know, we do we do need to see a little something. Um, I'm all for uh, giving a guy a, a good contract to stay, but I feel like Brendan Gallagher's is like it was it was earned. It wasn't like for his current play. Gallagher's was a contract that was given based on what he had done for the team, not what exactly he's... what he's doing currently. Yeah. And as much as that endears players and some fans, it's not how you operate a successful hockey organization. I love Brendan Gallagher. I refuse. I will not join any sort of hatred for him. I love him. No, he's fantastic. Is he a... <laughs> Is he the player he once was? No. no. Is he? Does he play to the? He doesn't play to his cap hit, and the problem with that deal is it was one of Bergevin's, you know, last kind of. Yeah, he was weird solidifying stuff. And there's a modified no trade and no move clause throughout the entirety of the deal, so. I would find it hard to believe that Brendan Gallagher probably doesn't retire Montreal Canadian. I don't see him moving. So I don't really find it a good use of our time to even like discuss. I just don't, I don't, I don't see Gallagher moving because that's a very difficult contract to take on. He mm-hmm. has the no move slash no trade clause and he is the heart. You know, he's been the heart and blood of the Montreal Canadiens for so long. I just, I think all those things put together, it's very hard to move on from that player in terms of even just a logistical standpoint. I don't know who, I don't know what the market really is for Brendan Gallagher. It can't be that strong. I don't see the team. And you look at his deal, it runs right into 
what are going to be the Habs prime years to compete, they're not going to want to retain salary on that. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, I think the Brendan Gallagher deal will absolutely be a hindrance to the Habs if he doesn't pick it up soon. But it's also not a deal I think they can realistically... A contract they can realistically move. I think it's just one we're going to have to learn to live with. Heard that. And um, I think... I'm 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 not gonna do math. Uh but with Jeff Petrie, it's looking like we're gonna pay about I think six two, six point two million uh, for those two years and that's it. Like not not together, like yeah, I'm sorry, together, not separate. Uh, it's not even that much. It's two point one five. Do we retain half of his salary? We retained half, but the Penguins had already retained. Oh, some already. Okay, I see some what of his salary. Oh, okay. So All right. It, it's, That's it's even better. So yeah, like four. We could say round up five million. It's uh, not tangled even, up for two years. It's like uh, like I said, it's like two million something cap hit. It's it's barely anything, and obviously it sucks that we've got that extra year attached, but it is what it is. It's, and he at least even it's spoke- only a year. Well, and Hughes even spoke on it too and said, look, like on paper, this team doesn't look like it's going to compete. And then, you know, like those are the words he said Mm -hmm. uh, going into that. Obviously, they have higher expectations, but this isn't going to be a Stanley Cup winning season for the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. So, and the next year, you're building. So I think it's, it's fine. And, we've already given the contracts to Nick Suzuki. Slaff's going to have another two years that that money is going to be off the book. Armina is going to be off the book. Doc, you know, we're, we don't have to sign him while that money's on the books. Real realistically, the core players on this team and the guys who are going to be demanding those dollars and need those dollars. None of them are going to have contracts up when it, when that's the case, when that's tied up, backer, Reinbacker, Gooley, Harris, Jackeye, Hudson, all of them will either be will be on their entry level contracts or mm-hmm. um when those when the when that deal runs up. So right. we're okay. We're sitting pretty here. We're okay. Um and that speaking means- of like sorry. No, 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 go ahead. Well, and and then even like I said, the two guys that we're already we've already fit Suzuki and Caulfield's contract in. Right, and they look to be very good deals in my opinion, especially okay, the one. <laughs> so, the Habs are doing quite fine, quite fine in that regard. And I'm actually really, really, really excited for the season. I think there's going to be a lot of young blood, um, a kind of a like you know Suzuki's had a season as the captain. The contracts are out of the way; they just get to play hockey and have fun. Yeah, and you look at the Instagram accounts and the social media presence and just everything going on. They're all in Montreal, mm-hmm. and they're going to music festivals. And the young guys are gonna like this core group seems to be spending a lot of time together. And I know some people think that, oh, that doesn't matter. It's just the product on the ice, but it does. You play well with guys you care about, and you play better, and you develop chemistry. I, I am totally very, very excited. I'm very very excited. I hope that this team is just the offensive fury that I think it could be 
and that we get a lot of just shootout games with no defense because I think that's <laughs> what this team's kind of turning into. Right. And until the the Ryanbackers, the Ghoulies, the Jack Eyes, Harris, you know, until they develop that defensive game, I think we're going to still have a lot of high-scoring games this year, which is exciting. So I'm very much looking forward to that. And I'm very much looking forward to Cole Caulfield, you know, hitting that 40-goal mark that I think we all would have it's seen common. him last year. Yeah. If he stays healthy this season, like, and the power plays a little better, which I hope, it, I don't know how it gets any worse. Um, especially with like getting rid of Mike Hoffman, I think is going to help our power play so much. Mm-hmm. As good as he was on the power play with the Habs, it just didn't work. Um, I think it's going to help us a lot. Um, but talking about Cole Caulfield, you know, we alluded to it at the start. We had a, a great interview with Mike of district one brewing company they um developed and really you know got this whole gold caulfield thing going with the gold caulfield brew um their local brewery from stevens point wisconsin uh which is the hometown of cold caulfield and we got to sit down and talk to mike about the gold caulfield brew if you guys don't know what we're talking about i'm sure a lot of you do it's the um it's the gold Caulfield brew. It came out um, around the time of gold, uh, the gold Caulfield mania when those t-shirts were out. Caulfield actually went on to a uh, spit and chiclets and did a sandbagger invitational. They were drinking the beer. Um, and we, you know, Corey and I both were having talked about this a lot, how much we want to try it. Um, and just, you know, it's a, it's a really cool idea. And, and I think a lot of Habs fans really fell in love with it. So uh, we won't go into too much more. Um, we sat down and talked to Mike about it. And, uh, well, here it is. We'll just loop into that audio now. And, you know, <laughs> it was really good conversation. All right, guys, um, we're back. We're joined by Mike from District 1 Brewing. I'm really excited uh, to hear what you have to say, Mike. And before we even get to the Gold Caulfield brew and, you know, talking about all that, um, can we get a little background on yourself in the brewery? Like this is, you know, Corey and I have done some research on um, what we could do. And it seems you guys are out of Stevens Point, Wisconsin, the hometown of Cole Caulfield. I'm sure that was some of your inspiration, <laughs> but let's, you know, cut yeah. it back a little bit. What, what are you guys doing out there? Just going to brewing. It seems like you're doing some cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah. Just a quick background on district one brewing company. We, um, there's about five or six of us who got together in, in 2018 um, and came up with uh, you know starting a brewery there in Stevens Point. Um, I was the last one to join. I, uh, I'm a physician. Actually, I work with Marshfield Clinic as an endocrinologist. And one nice. of my medical assistants, um, you know, her husband worked with one of the guys who was going in on this brewery and they needed a a final partner. So that's how I got, I was kind of the last person on board, but <clears throat> we took possession of a, of a, of a building that used to be an old uh, grocery store years ago, a red owl. And um, in 2018, and the six, five or six of us, you know, completely renovated the inside of it ourselves over the course of about two years. So I learned how to do all kinds of different stuff that I had not done much <laughs> of before. It was kind of an interesting uh, uh, endeavor. 
a lot of work though. Um, but it's kind of nice because then we put our, our own blood, sweat and tears into the place, so to speak. And right. uh, believe it or not, you know, lo and behold, we opened up in January of 2020, six weeks before COVID shut the world down. Oh, so, Jesus. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a little rough the first couple of years. So we kind of look at this is our third year now. This is kind of almost mainly like our first year, really, because it was it was really, really tough. The first year, the second year was getting better and so on. And uh, so that's kind of the story of District One, kind of you know that that whole COVID thing kind of leads into the the, the Cole Caulfield story. Then, nice, yeah. So, it, my bad, okay. Mason. Uh, with y'all, with y'all starting and and obviously, um, COVID, you know, doing with it did. What did y'all? What were y'all doing? Were y'all just trying to do like uh, like to go beers? Like uh, you can come pick up a six pack from the brewery. Right. Uh, yeah, we yeah. Uh, everybody down here started doing that. They uh, they went away from like the the standard um, twelve ounce can to like a sixteen, um, yep. and was just selling either a four to six pack. You know, a lot of like the pale ales and up were going to be four packs, and everything else is a six. So yeah. I was wondering if if that's unfortunately what y'all had to do. Yeah, exactly. Like, so yeah, we were open for about six weeks, then we had to close down. Then we were we were open oh, for a, a couple of months or so with only to go beer, and we we didn't have a canner when we started actually. So all we could do was sell uh, crowlers, which is that you know one can, yeah, thirty yeah. two ounces kind of deal, or or uh, or uh, growler fills, mm-hmm. you know, four ounce deals. So that was, and then you know when we then we could open, I think you know twenty five percent capacity at some point now. Thankfully, we have a really large space. We got twelve thousand square feet in a capacity wow. of over three hundred, and so um, so at twenty five percent, that was still reasonable. Um, although, you know, the trouble is we could never even get twenty five percent of that in there because people were um, afraid or, or whatever you want to terrified, hesitant, yeah. yeah, about coming out and, and this and that. So, you know, that went on for I can't even remember how long before we could kind of open that back up fully again. We got a canner though. Um, like you say, 16 ounce cans in November of 2020, realizing that we had to get that sooner rather than right. later going on. So <laughs> it, we it jumped up the list of exactly priorities. Right. Can, we got the canner sooner than we had initially planned. Hmm. So I guess um, was so because COVID lasted a couple of years, was the yeah. Caulfield beer when you guys came up with that and i'm sure there's the backstory like some convert interesting conversations that went into that right did that i assume must have helped you guys out a lot as it gained kind of not just national but international i'm in i'm north of the border i'm in canada and that thing blew up over social media it was on spit and chiclets i think coffee was drinking it while he was out golfing on that uh that golf video with Ryan Whitney and Paul Design, oh, like it, yeah. it went everywhere. <laughs> right. Yeah, so that was that, the initial. Yeah. yeah. No, sorry, continue. I just, was so, that like helpful to you guys in that sense? Yeah, I think it was one of those things that that, that helped. As a, as a new and up and coming brewery, every little every little bit of exposure kind of helps. And so that was kind of nice. What what happened there was, you know, we were, my wife is, is uh, has been a bigger Cole Caulfield hockey fan than than I have been over the years. I've certainly evolved into one as well too. But she had <laughs> she had watched him and followed him carefully closely during high school and and into uh, college nice. at UW Madison and and so we were watching um, 
you know, game six of the 2021 Stanley Cup finals. That was that was the abbreviated COVID year, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, and when he scored a goal in, in game six there and, and seeing his smile and all that. And the next morning we were kind of, you know, getting ready for work. And I'd say, hey, wouldn't it be kind of cool if we could you know, have a beer dedicated to Cole. And, and, and she had said, well, you better call it Goal Caulfield if you're going to, because that's kind of his nickname. And and so what happened was my wife is friends with one of Cole's mom's friends. So a friend of a friend, I guess. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And so I, and so here we are, you know, Cole's getting ready. The Canadians are getting ready for the Stanley Cup finals. And I, I send a, a Facebook uh, messenger message to Cole's mom um, just out of the blue and uh kelly and she uh she responded and and, and kind of liked the idea she reached out to cole he thought it was a cool idea and then they got us hooked up with cole's um agency and and the people in in, in his group there that work with this kind of stuff and then it, it kind of took off on us like you said that's awesome um what's what style is it now so uh when we researched when we researched it we've seen a lot of uh there was a logger there's a pale ale uh i think the most recent one that i saw was a pale ale i don't know if y'all have gone through different batches of it or yeah we've several batches so we started off with just an american lager which is like uh you know a budweiser molson mm -hmm. kind of a kind of a, a of a beer that was our first batch now when, when we when we first came out you know obviously we're in the u.s and, and cole was only 20 years old at the time um a younger than drinking age so we had to um do it in a certain way such uh to, to get around that issue mm -hmm. um and uh and then the second year then we came out we, we decided we'd do a hat trick series we'd get we'd do three different beers so our second one was very pale cool. ale um and then the third one is an amber uh, lager okay. and so now we have we did all three last year and then we're we're brewing all three again right now this year uh which one's your favorite my favorite is the pale ale it's a citra hop uh, there's a, yeah. just a single hop citrus so it's a citra hop pale ale one of my favorite hops it's uh it's a really uh, good me, me as well not, uh we yeah. grow them every now and then down here we have great soil for for hops in louisiana ah, and yeah. uh i'll let it grow grow along my tree line <laughs> yeah i sorry i should um i don't know if we've led into this Corey is actually a uh, lead draft tech at a servicing company oh um yeah yeah, which is part of why uh, we thought we'd let it, like really love to have you come <laughs> on here. Cool, yeah. Um, I guess just because I I'm I'm getting a little lost in the talk a little bit here. I'm not understanding the inner working, so I'm sure some <laughs> of the audience might not either. Um, when you talk about a drop, so are you doing like you, this? Isn't something you're selling all the time? It's like yearly. You you brew a couple Seasonal. batches. This is a seasonal beer. Yeah, yeah. So you know, we'll we'll brew it in the in the mid to late summer, and so that it's ready to go by the start of the hockey season in the, you know late September, early October, and then it kind of depends on you know how it's selling and, and what's going on, um, and whether we whether we brew another batch you know partway through the winter, um, and, and to last us into the the mid spring, uh, you know, toward the end of the hockey season um now we're hoping that it's going to expand a bit more where you know as a as a as a new brewery we you know have limited distribution so now actually um we're working on uh, working with a distributor that 
hopefully we'll expand our footprint is starting off mm-hmm. down in you know Dane County, Madison area. Um, hopefully get the, uh, the Caulfield beers into the Cole center uh, on the campus there where Cole used to play. Um, oh, yeah. That's um, some talks in, in the works there uh, and such too. So, yeah. No, that would be awesome. And I'm sure, because one thing I am very aware of living in Ontario and I, you know, as a new brewer, I'm sure you guys have high ambitions, but I understand. Is there any talks about how you would even get like getting it into Canada? I've heard is yeah quite, quite the uh, accomplishment. Yeah. So we've been working on that process for about a year and a half. We, so brewing it here and getting it into Canada, like you said, is, is a bugger. I mean, it's uh very difficult. So what we we had initially worked toward, we had reached out to a brewery actually in Montreal itself, and uh, that was that was heading in a good direction. But then um, Cole's group wanted us to hold off um, and and not have the beer brewed in Montreal. Uh, that that's probably the best way to do it if if and when we can get to that point. Right. Um, Obviously, as you know, the Molsons, you know, own the Canadians. So that part of yeah. it. Yeah. So I, they didn't want to put, I, I understand it. They didn't want to put Cole in a position um, to be uncomfortable with anything. So right. I, I get that. We, it's, we, we want to make sure we, we're very uh, cognizant, uh, and, uh, you know, about Cole and uh, and what he's trying to do on the, on, the, on the ice and all. But what we have done now, actually, next week, we've coupled with uh, 14th Star Brewing Company in northern Vermont. Um, and so they are going to brew a batch of uh, the pale ale next week. This has been a process that's been going back and forth for about a year now. They um, and, and we're going to distribute it um, as close to the border. We can get it within 10 kilometers of the border um, at one of their um, retail places that they work with. One of their, I think it's mm-hmm. uh, it might be a gas station or a grocery store or something. I can't remember. So only about 80 kilometers from downtown Montreal, 10 kilometers from the Canadian border. Oh, and if, if you build it, they will come. Hobbs yeah, that's are- <laughs> <laughs> So that will uh, be ready in time for the season. So that should be uh, an interesting uh, time when we when we release that that close. Very cool. Um, now, do you feel like it was uh, like to get back into the beginning of it? Do you did y'all feel like there was like a rush to make a Caulfield beer? Like, I don't know how the scene is out there. Um, but down here we've we've become like a hotbed and there's like breweries on top of each other and they're all mm. more or less having the same ideas they're all friends so there's you know there's there's talks amongst each other did did y'all feel like uh with Caulfield you know coming into his like his rise into the NHL um mm-hmm. did it feel like Stevens Point like someone had to make this beer like did y'all feel like it, we got to jump on it early or was it like you know we're just going to do it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I got that, you know, cause we're kind of rural Wisconsin here. So there's, mm-hmm. you know, there's point brewery, which is more of a regional brewery. They, they're kind of okay. somewhat, somewhat national. So they probably weren't going to do such a thing because it was a bit too small of a niche for them. Mm. Um, yeah. Central waters is not too far away. It's, and and uh, there's another one, Mosinee Brewing Company, but you know, so there's not a whole lot around here. I think it worked out good for us just because well, we're only great. a mile yeah. from where I played high school hockey and uh, and such. So yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, down here it's like it's it's cool because it's like everyone has a chance to do whatever they want. Right. But in in a sense, for y'all, you have like this namestake company that 
that only wants to do i'm not going to say that they don't but like they're going to do traditional stuff they're very um you know kind of cut and dry whereas y'all can be the creative side of it and like if y'all this is this should definitely boost y'all's like at least visibility uh yeah. along with like sales and revenue coming soon but uh this is awesome i, I remember seeing it a while back uh i think mason actually sent it to me he's like look how sick this is uh so I've been yeah. in the beer industry for like eight years um, and then service industry for 10 before that. Mm-hmm. So um, this was something I, I was very excited for. Uh, Mason, you know, joked about how hard it is to get it in Canada. Um, yes, that is the accomplishment. But even moving it outside of a state is is just as hard. I can't even get uh, I have no idea how to even achieve getting this beer in Louisiana. Like Louisiana is just like we don't want some type of law they don't really like uh beers moving unless it's through like their primary distribution yeah. center so um, yeah it's almost like the only way you can do it is to uh, uh couple with like we did with 14 star couple with mm-hmm. the brewery yeah in a you have to like coat with there yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. you got to do like some type of uh cross promotion right yeah i might even be mistaken here you two could speak to it more than i could but even the major breweries like i know that bush and cores and stuff american beers they they're brewed by molson and uh labat in canada they don't actually have their own yeah breweries like it's, it's a very difficult industry to break into which makes what you guys are doing all the more interesting to me that you know i think it's you're speaking to it perfectly um that you guys you know you're small enough that you were able to kind of hit this niche and Yep. connect with a, a group of rabid Habs fans and kind of expand it. It's really, really cool to me. And the fact that you have a, a like a, a small town connection with uh, right. Offfield's mom, that's, that's, I come from a town around the same size. I'm like 20,000, right? Stevens Point. Yeah. 26, something like that. Yep. Yeah. So I'm, I'm from a town of about 19,000 people myself and I can, sure. Justin Williams is actually from at Coburg, Ontario. And it, I, I can see it if it happening kind of in a similar way. Everyone knew Justin Williams or knew someone sort of related to him. He's a former Stanley Cup winner. Okay. Um, so just interesting that, you know, you kind of had a similar connection with Caulfield. It's awesome to see what a small town can do when, you know, you're kind of united around your uh, small town sports hero. But Moving just past, you know, Caulfield in particular, because I think what you guys are interesting is, or sorry, what you guys are doing is really interesting to begin with. Um, looking through your um your website, you guys have a bunch of really kind of cool sounding beers, and I was wondering if you wanted to talk about any of those. Like, do you have a particular favorite outside of the Gold Caulfield Brew that you know you're particularly proud of? Yeah, so you, you may have seen on there too. You know, we had the um, just about a mile again from our from our brewery. The um, the U.S. Senior uh, Open Golf Championship was at mm. uh, Century World Golf Course. That's awesome. And so we had also I had worked on um, developing a, a relationship with Steve Stricker, uh, golfer mm. out of the out of the Madison area. Um, incredibly hot of the of the Senior PGA Tour the last couple of years here. So we we came out with a beer. Uh, for him working with his agents as well called strychnine um you know one of his agent one of his nicknames is strychnine so you know like the poison strychnine so um <laughs> designed a, a a beer that has the the chemical formula of strychnine made into a golf hole 
Um, there's a, mm. a sand trap in the green in the water as part of that with a flag sticking out of it. So that's been kind of a fun thing we're working with seasonally too. So now we got a we got a summer kind of spring summer early fall beer in in strychnine, and then we got a a fall winter spring beer in the, the Caulfield series. I like that. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I actually I noticed that that beer um, when I was going through it. I think it yeah. was it was like at the top, but the the what do you want to call it the logo the branding you have for it yeah you guys have done like a really good job with all of your branding not just with the gold caulfield one but with the strict nine one it was like a a golf ball and like i think you guys had like it was it looked to me like chemistry like it looked like a formula on it am i correct in yeah that's the that's the chemical formula for the poison yeah yeah that, like, that's, that's now so that you're awesome. explaining it yeah now that you're explaining it to me that looks I'm looking it back up again. That looks amazing. Yeah. Do you guys have someone you work with for these designs? Do you guys make them? Because I think yeah. you guys are killing it. Yeah. So what I, I that's I I come up with it in my own head and I kind of sketch it out. And it looks just terrible because I'm a horrible artist. But then we have a <laughs> we have a graphics design person who actually she um she runs uh, her own business in in Stevens Point. There she graduated from UWSP as well, and so we we work with her and she does an amazing job, Jillian. Um, at, at making these designs come to life yeah um uh, you're the brains of it and she's got to take the the scribble scratch and and right. <laughs> figure it out <laughs> like what oh, on earth awesome. is he trying to show me now oh my goodness right yeah. you, you're like a conspiracy theorist like right here we need to hammer this this yeah. <laughs> uh this this idea down it has to be in the can yeah. uh that's awesome <laughs> the other thing i'll mention too is you as you may know is that both with the Caulfield brands and with the Strychnine one, for that matter, we, um, you know, working with them, we we give a certain percentage of the, of all the profits uh, to their charity of choice. So for oh, that's Cole, fantastic. Need to, there's a place called Camp Hope that was established in 1989, about 15 miles from Stevens Point, and it's a, it's a weekend camp for grieving children and teens mm. and their families who've lost a loved one. So. Um, Cole had picked that as the, the local charity he wanted his proceeds to go to. So all of the proceeds, all of his proceeds go to that, uh, that charity. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, could you, sorry, could you just repeat that name again? Yeah. Just Camp Hope. Camp Hope. Hope. Yep. Okay. That's, I did, I was not aware of that at all. That's incredible. And you said you're doing the same thing with, um, the strict nine logger. Yes. Yeah. So Steve has, you know, the American Family Insurance uh, Foundation, the Steve Stricker Foundation. So the proceeds for his stuff uh, will, will goes to that then. That's fantastic. Okay, that's, that's a great idea. And do you think this is something that it seems to me like it could possibly be something that you work to keep doing, you know, with more pro athletes as you guys expand, kind of continue to do these in the same sort of model, these beers, like these seasonal beers with big names yeah yeah so there's a you know so we're trying to stick you know with uh, with wisconsin athletes or you know central wisconsin athletes so you know cole obviously from stevens point uh, mm -hmm. steve from the madison area um uh what's his name there's a there's a football brian brian ratchick i think it is uh, um went to point um he's a uh, he's on the uh, saints football uh, oh Ryan. shit yeah <laughs> oh yeah there you go your dog yeah <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 yeah. he, he played high school football here in point okay hell yeah yeah so uh you know there's, that's awesome. there's other 
potential opportunities. We haven't reached out to, to him as of yet. To, it's still a lot of, you know, trying to make sure we get these two brands solidified. Yeah, yeah. You you want, yeah, this needs to be solidified and yeah, yeah. become like a pillar of y'all's, yep. you know, staples. Yep. Well, we got we have a line of merchandise now that we just opened an online store for the strict oh, night things. That's I'm awesome. I'm I'm working with um, Cole's group and trying to figure out if we if we're able to get some uh, Gold Caulfield merchandise, which I think would really I think they both complement each other. The beer complements the 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 merch, and the merch complements the beer, and they kind of go hand in hand. So we're still working on some of that to get hopefully some Gold Caulfield merchandise on the store. Oh, absolutely! As well. And I know myself, like just speaking for myself and guys my age i'm 21 i'm in university beer merch is like the number one it's like all y'all wear (laughs) yeah like beer merch i don't know there's just something about it it's sick like people love it i know i love it i'm looking like i'm literally looking at like some sleeman merch i have on the side here like so if you guys could get that i'm sure there would be a huge (laughs) consumer base of people that probably don't even drink it like just habs fans in general right come from quebec and Ontario just that want to wear the gold Caulfield stuff just because it says gold Caulfield right. like that'd be crazy for you guys yeah I mean if you want to go on it's a it's shop d1 brewing.com now that just has like I say the strychnine stuff on it right now mm-hmm. but uh, if, we, if we can get it up and running we'll have Caulfield stuff there at some point hopefully so fantastic no that would uh, be amazing yep, looking it up right here that's cool. the strict nine with the little chemical. That's awesome. That is so sick. Such a sick logo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Any any other of these uh logos you've uh you've created came from your brain? <laughs> yeah. You know, did, did you guys see the the one called the the beer called Looper? I was looking yeah, at that yep. one. Yep. <laughs> I, that was me too. Yeah. That's uh, I'm a, you know, I'm I'm 55. So I I was I was a young teenager when Caddyshack came out. So nice. I worked on a golf course. I worked on a golf course maintenance crew for seven years in in high school and college. So uh that's a that's a, a shout out to uh, Caddy's. Uh we came up with that for the US uh, open tournament as well. Kind of that scene where Bill Murray's got that guy pinned up against the wall with a pitchfork. Mm-hmm. Talks about the Oh, so yeah. that's fantastic. I'm actually I'm actually looking at like y'all's description of it and y'all use coriander, uh, which is which is really cool uh seeing it in a wit beer. Um I normally I normally think like a, a like a, an Irish red when I see coriander uh and it's got orange peel in it. That's probably a really good beer at six percent too. Shit. Yeah, it's kind of our version of the of a blue moon uh kind of deal. I heard that. Yeah. yeah. It's that's uh, one of my. I really like that one too. That that's probably one of my newer favorites that we that we brew. Actually, is the Looper. Yeah. Um. So so being a partner of of a brewery, um, is it is it just fun coming in and it like seeing like the new the new creative ideas that your your brewmaster and your team has and you get to sample it and like uh I've seen that from the distribution side and I've seen that on this side of it like doing install work for breweries, yeah. um. But just just knowing that, like, my name is on this product in some type of way, like, how does that how does that feel knowing like, damn, this is a knockout park, you know, knock it out of the park, like style beer. And I'm happy to be, you know, like I I, I can bring this to the public. Yeah, for me, it's I I joke with uh, I joke with people. This is like my midlife crisis project. Like I say, I'm I'm 55. (laughs) I've I've been a physician for 23 years working practicing. It's get kind of burnt out with anything but uh mm-hmm. 
It's tough. So then this is kind of that uh, that outlet that I have, kind of a creative thing, coming up with an idea, Oh, yeah. talking with, the, reaching out to people like Cole's mom and and uh, reaching out to Steve Stricker's group and all that, making some of those really, uh, contacts and relationships behind the scenes and and working with those and then coming up with the designs and then working with our head brewer, you know, say what kind of beer do we want to make for this? And, you know, we might make it on the small one barrel system, test it out, sample it, make a few tweaks, and then before we put it on the big system. Fantastic. Oh, that's You ever, uh, you ever jumped in and, uh, on like the, uh, the process and, and made one with them or. Yeah, I've um, brewed a couple, a couple different beers, uh, you know, on the one barrel system. You know, we have a 10 barrel system for the big Mm-hmm. system. Um, we do a one barrel system for pilot uh, batches and stuff. I brewed. Yeah. Projects. Uh, yeah. We have four girls. So I brewed a beer with, with my four daughters Oh, Um, yeah. we did a double IPA and then, um, we did another triple, we did a triple IPA on the one barrel system with one of my, with one of my, uh, daughters, um, we called it PH doctor cause she's getting her PhD. So, Nice. uh, I'm sure it was just like the consistency of orange juice, you know? yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Can't see through it. Exactly. <laughs> It was like 12, 13%, like, woo. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, shit. Do you Yeah. have a That's. favorite uh, style by chance? You know, it's interesting. It's kind of evolved. I, I was when I first got interested in craft beer. It was probably about 2008 or so when I was a big uh, uh, stout, dark beer kind of guy. I, I still like those, but I've kind of evolved more. I think one of our one of my favorite beers is, is Stevens the Lager. It's a um, it's a German uh, Helles, and Yeah. so so we're doing some of these uh, kind of more authentic German kind of beers too. And that we got a fresh batch of that coming out for Oktoberfest here pretty soon. So. I've really learned, my palate has really learned to appreciate the differences. You know, way back when I was like, oh, I can't stand sours or I can't stand this. But now, now that I know kind of what they're supposed to be about, I can really, I can taste any, I can, I can enjoy any kind of any beer style really. But I would say probably, I, you know, still kind of um, like the, uh, like the dark uh, stouts Mhm. Yeah. or porters. Uh, not the IP, I'm not a big IPA person. I mean, The pale ale, the citra pale ale, the Caulfield, I think is is nice. And then, uh, you know, kind of moving back to the lagers. Mhm. Okay, cool. Yeah, I uh When I when I turned like Mason's age back in like geez like 2012, um, I was like yes I I I want to start dabbling and and trying new beers and like I found myself on you know the porters and the Mm-hmm. the stout side of it trying milk stouts coffee stouts um, just anything dark because it, it's just something that's so uncommon you know uh, at a young age it's just your typical domestic beers and. And stuff like that. And it's like, once you can finally start on Yeah. your own, elite, you know, legally, you know, try, trying Yeah. things, uh, you know, I find a lot of young people will gravitate to that first because it's so different. You don't see it's, you know, um, I think the U.S. just it, it it has pockets, but it's not like you don't see like like the dark style beers are not common, at least in the South, because it's always hot here. You know, so I can see like going up north like that might be more of like a. a mainstay, but down here, it was just so unheard of. You know, I remember, um, I'd find like, uh, I think one of the first ones I tried and it was just, uh, Nola, Nola Brown. I started stuff like that. And then I got into like Newcastle's and then now, I've, you know, I started doing coffee stouts, porters, milk porters, peanut butter porters. Um, and then I, I, I kind of 
messed myself up, had too many, and now it just uh, <laughs> it's a little too thick from my life. It's, it's definitely too hot down here to have. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, there's something about right a dark beer on a you know in, a, in November December kind of a thing here when there's yeah snow. right like you that's when eat, I get the itch easily. for it you know yeah right yep yep yeah we get we get about one or two weeks of cold actual like good feeling cold wind uh, weather down here and uh, I'll find myself having like a like a you know a darker beer during that time <laughs> yep yep well. Uh, I can't say I've I've migrated to the uh, the super dark beers yet, but it'll come. I'm yep. looking through. There's definitely a lot of stuff on here I could see myself drinking. I, you know, I can I can get to the blonde ale, the uh, the IPA still, but those you know those darker ones aren't for me quite yet. But we'll see. Um, listen, Mike, this has been amazing coming on here, talking. I feel like I've been educated just listening to you and Corey talk, let alone just the stuff you provided. Like, I think it's a great story. Um, the Caulfield beer, the strict nine, and that you guys are doing something not only for the Habs community and the, in the golf, you know, fandoms and the Stevens point community, but you're also helping out with charities. Like, I think this is just turned into something I didn't imagine we were going to be talking about, but it's, it's awesome. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Um, before we kind of wrap things up here, because I don't want to take up too much of your time. You've been very generous with it. Is there anything um, you want to just kind of shout out that District 1 Brewing is doing or highlight that you guys are doing so that, you know, our fans and us can follow along in the future? Is there anything you want to highlight before we take you out of here? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, I guess I would just say that, like, like you said, uh, one of the things we, we like to do at District Fund is is to try to give back to the community. So we want to make sure we have that uh, uh, charitable aspect in, in a lot of things that we do. Um, so that's why we, it was important to us to, to bring that to these, uh, these two uh, athletes' uh, brands uh, when we came out with them. And the other thing is, you know, it's always, you know, we're like I said earlier, we're really cognizant. It's it's really not so much about us, but it's about Cole. It's about Steve uh, Stricker, you know, and, and, and these kinds of things, trying to hopefully just add a little bit of something extra, be a small part of of their um, you know journey through their their professional sports careers. It's we're really um, appreciative of them allowing us to be a part of that, and uh, we want to make sure that we do the right thing for them. So, fantastic. Absolutely. Well, thank you once again uh, so much for coming on. Um, we've I've really enjoyed this conversation and hopefully we can follow along as you guys continue to pump out cool products. And, you know, hopefully one day I can walk to the LCBO in Ontario and buy a gold Caulfield or a strict nine brew. That would be awesome. Yeah, so, that'd be great. Uh, yeah. Thank you once again. And uh, looking forward to kind of following along with the journey. All right. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Mr. Mike. Yep. You bet. All right, man. We want to thank uh, Mr. Mike for spending a little time with us talking about the Gold Caulfield beer. Uh, really, really, uh, I just like talking beer. Hopefully it was insightful for y'all and you as well, Mason. Um, I like, no, I like the, awesome. uh, the community aspect of it. That was like the first I've ever heard of that. And I think that's uh, fantastic with camp hope yeah and i don't think that's anything and maybe i'm not remembering but i hadn't heard about the charitable aspect 
of uh the product not only with the gold caulfield but the um the um the other beer with um uh, the golf guy <laughs> uh what's his i'm thinking i can't just can't think of his first name um oh man <laughs> i am spiraling today oh my god <laughs> Steve, there we are. Steve Stricker. Steve. Sorry, I knew it was coming to me. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, with his beer as well. Um, I think I just think the whole thing is like a great idea, and hopefully they can continue to build off of it. And yeah, know. I think they uh, you know, uh, as Mr. Mike was saying, with them starting uh six months before COVID happened, like uh, I think it was, for, si- for... it was six weeks, six weeks before COVID. Jeez, if it was that early, that's that's that's. It, it just makes the story even better, you know, like uh, if a brewery can survive uh, COVID, you know, then they, they got to have a really great core around them as far as like the employees and like the neighborhood that is enjoying them product. And a hundred percent of the time, if you have a brewery that supports the local community or uh, brings in uh, collaborations that help support a cause, those breweries always get like the, the community's heart and they'll do whatever they can to keep them open. So um, no, absolutely. I think they have great things going over there. And with the whole, like, I don't know what the, um, the golf communities sort of like in sense of like, I don't know if they'll have a lot of Steve, you know, Stricker fans supporting the strict nine. Hey man, uh, it's a, if it's a good beer, it's a good fucking beer. If it's a good beer, it's a good beer. Absolutely, I I do know though. I which I'm saying is I can't speak to that because I watch the Masters and I watch the U.S. Open. I don't really watch a lot. Of, I don't mm-hmm. I don't really understand the golf fandom as much. Like, do you support one guy? But what I do know, right, is that hockey fans will absolutely get behind a player like Cole Caulfield, <laughs> and we've seen oh absolutely. The Habs community, not only just the Habs community, but the hockey community and the Montreal community, they are behind Cole Caulfield. He's such a great personality and, you know, talent that if they can, you know, hopefully we see them able to expand and get other breweries taking on and brewing batches and, you know, getting as close to the border, hopefully across the border at some point. And not only do we get to, you know, try some cool beers, try the Cole Caulfield branded beer, but supporting charity as well. I think that's always important. So, yeah. Thank you, uh, Mike. Um, thank you, District One Brewer and uh, Company, because, you know, we I think we learned a lot and it was a very interesting conversation. And if the, if the, the whole charitable, if you didn't like Caulfield more, like a bunch to begin with the whole charitable <laughs> aspect of it, I think. And it's like really quiet too. He's just like, no, nah, I, I don't, I don't need the attention. You know, that's. No, absolutely. It's like a stand up fucking kid. Like. God damn. Absolutely. And hard to hate him. Just to uh, reiterate, um, as you guys heard, but if you missed it somehow, um, merchandise too, for go Caulfield stuff with district one brewing. When uh, Mike mentioned that, I was super excited. Um, yeah, I would love a shirt. I'll be looking at that. <laughs> yeah, especially I'll be looking if it's like going to help like Caulfield's proceeds. You know, like how do you not? You know, you could well, you could find gold Caulfield shirts, but like one that's like in a sense endorsed from him. 
you know, Listen, people are going to jump on any, it. Anything I said it earlier, I'll say it again. Anything beer branded, yep, is amazing. Kids. So we'll be, on, we'll be on the lookout here at Habs Nightly <laughs> for that. We will let you guys know if we see it because I know that really piqued my interest. But yeah, thank you once again, Mike. That was a great conversation. Um, back to Habs talk. Um, well, before we get any further. Uh, we do have an ad read uh, from yes. our friends over at DraftKings. Mason, uh, new customers, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in West Virginia, gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after insurance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50. Ten plus leg required for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. God damn. Jesus. Mason, you ready? Absolutely. All right, well, we have another ad read by our friends Raycon. Even if you're not going on vacation, summer summer's all about a vacation state of mind. Whether I want to listen to, I've been listening to a lot of Loathe lately, and I'll just leave it there on repeat or just need to retreat inside my own head for a bit. I love creating my own summer soundtrack by popping in my Raycon wireless earbuds. I have been listening to a lot of Tsunami. Uh, great band, Mason. You should check them out. Uh, there's so much going on all summer. Sometimes you need some upbeat music to pump you up before you see people or to stay calm with some guided meditation. Let me tell you right now, Raycons are the best way to listen. Use earbud tap functions to toggle between three customizable sound profiles, noise isolation, and awareness mode. Raycons have 32-hour battery life, including eight hours of playtime, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, for a really long time. They come with custom gel tips for, mo- for the most comfortable in-ear fit. They start at half the price of other premium audio brands, but they sound just as good. And Raycon comes with a 30-day happiness guarantee, so you really can't lose. Create your own soundtrack with Raycon right now. 
Listeners can get 15% off of their Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash THPN. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to save 15% on Raycons. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Mason, what's your favorite music right now, bud? Um, well, I was just at Boots and Hearts, and I got oh, to see fuck. Bailey Zimmerman live, so I'd have to say Bailey Zimmerman. Bailey Zimmerman, okay. I did recently, and I mean very recently, discover a country artist who has kind of grasped my attention by the mm-hmm. name Oliver Anthony Music. Okay. <laughs> the guy that wrote Richmond North of Richmond. And that song's a fucking banger. Um, Heard that? The other one I'm talking about, all over TikTok. Yeah, oh, yeah, the the redhead TikTok guy. Right now. Yeah, so folks, uh, from Habs Nightly, you have redhead TikTok guy, uh, Bailey Zimmerman, Loathe, and Tsunami. That is your daily music to check out that we listen to for some reason. <laughs> For some reason. Oh, fuck. All right, Mason. Uh, so, look, I guess last topic as we as we close out, this will be the closing statements. Um, we have the Casey DeSmith um, goalie now. Where oh, you- no, no, no. I had a way better one. Okay. okay. Better we'll, one. we'll save that one for the next episode. The Casey DeSmith one or mine? Yeah. No, no, no. Casey okay. Smith. I it's the Cole Caulfield themed episode. Okay. And I want to know. I think you and I both agree if healthy Caulfield scores 40 goals, right? Yep. What is your over under on 45? 45. I think 45. if he can reach 40, he's reaching 45. See, I'm I just saying that. Argue you you that... thinking it's it it's gonna be just touching 40? I think if he reaches 40, given the Habs' current state of affairs on the power play, okay, it will be like last game of the season he scores like two goals, and he wills himself to 40. <laughs> you know how fucking hard it is to score 40 goals without a fucking power play? Yeah. We're, we're watching a young kid attempt it. Like I'm year. just saying, think about how difficult it has been for Habs Habs players to score 30 goals mm-hmm. because they don't have that power play. Nick Suzuki could score 30 if they had a power play. If he could consistently get his shots, he could score 30. It's 40 and it's 40 fucking goals. And I know Caulfield is good, but even the greats, the greatest goal scorer of all time, Alex Ovechkin, scores a shit ton of goals on the power play. You need to score on the power play, especially in today's NHL. Mm hmm. If the Habs power play remains the way it is, I think he wills himself to 40. I think he just I, has I think such the, the power play is now made for him. No, like no, Mike. no. I just, Corey, I, the Habs have had a ship. I have been, listen, Corey, I have been a Habs fan for 21 years. In those 21 years, I have been poor. I have been doing better. I have been in high school. 
I've been in elementary school. I have been full, like I've had a full-time job as in the trades. I have been in college. I have been in university. I have been working as a PSW. I have had a podcast. And the one thing that has remained the same is that the Habs power play has fucking sucked. (laughs) (laughs) It has always fucking sucked. So I will not not believe the Habs are going to have a better power play until I see them have a better power play. Oh, no. All all I was saying is that there's no one stopping it from being Cole Caulfield is is the person the puck's going to now. Yeah, but like there's there's no like I just feel like it's gonna be it's gonna be fit. I just as as good as he is, I don't think anyone not named Alex Ovechkin can I think Ovi's the only guy that you can know exactly what he's gonna do and it works. Like as good as Caulfield is, not Ovi. Right? And if they know that you're going to pass it to that guy every fucking time, he's not going to get the quality chances he needs. Right. But he's not a puck hog is all I'm is, is what I'm trying to get to is that it, the shot's going to go to him. But yeah, but if he doesn't have could, a good shooter, like opposite of him. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but I just I feel like he can he's going to read that shit and we're going to see a lot of a lot of uh, trying to catch him off guard. Like as soon as it gets to him, it's going, it's going to someone else. Like, I just feel like he's not, but those are points he's piling up, right? Not, mm-hmm. they I need know, a goal goals. scoring. They need a goal scoring threat. And until I see the Habs pick it up on that power play, I think Caulfield barely gets 40 and I would not bet on 45. I think if he I gets think... to 40, he's getting to 45. All right, well, there you have it, our two <laughs> predictions. I guess we'll have to wait and see a couple. Well, about oh, I can't wait. I'm half. so excited for this season. So excited. Preseason starts in September. I cannot oh wait. God. Fantastic. Okay, well, well that, dude, take us out. <laughs> yes, that will be it for today. Thank you guys once again for stopping by listening to Habs Nightly. We appreciate all your support. We appreciate Mike coming on. That was awesome. Thank you, buddy. Um. And we will be back in this is coming out Monday. We'll be back in about four days, hopefully, um, with another episode. Hopefully, Habs have made another move regarding one of our goaltenders, um, Sam Montembeau. Hopefully, we can see a contract signed soon. We'll stay tuned for that. Thank you guys once again for stopping by listening to Habs Lately on the Hard Podcast Network. We'll see you guys later. Peace. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.